three, two, one. From down in the dirty bird. Oh my goodness gracious. The only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Buzzardry. It is Sunday evening, September 17th at the time of this recording. Very good to be back with you. Uh, before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, Big Gold Nation, that is southernmiss.rivals.com. It is the premier inside source for all things Southern Miss athletics. Be sure to go check it out. have some uh, great deals going on now on Membership, both monthly and annual, southernmiss.rivals.com. My name is Ben Milam, joined by my partner as always, Patrick McGee. Pat, how you doing on this Sunday? Checking in after a, uh, a tough uh, weekend at The Rock. But yeah, checking in and uh, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm here too, Patrick. Uh, another <laughs> another kind of um, another dreary Sunday, if you want to say it that way. I guess maybe we recorded on Monday last, last week, but um, yeah. Another another episode of talking about a not very fun ball game. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this, you're going to know Tulane wins at 21-3 to over Southern Miss on Saturday afternoon. You know, I, I think similar in the way uh, – similar to the Florida State game in the way of there are some positives you can take out of this game – but I think most people who went to that game, watched it on TV, whatever, uh, left that game or turned it off early, uh, feeling, I think, pretty concerned. And uh, some of the concerns that we brought up after the Florida State game uh, feel maybe a little bit more pronounced after this. Because I think, Patrick, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think after the Florida State game and a little bit, I think there's a little bit there after Alcorn too. Most of the concern came on the offensive side. And that was obviously true. I mean, that that's you know, anyone can look at just look at the score, uh, the basic stats, and you're gonna know that that was the concern coming out of this game. But there are a lot of things that you I, I think were disappointed in how this offense performed against a good defense, as we talked about last week when we did the preview. But in a lot of ways, just did not measure up, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, it really was. And I think, you know, you kind of look at the offensive line being the big part of that, where, you know, two, or Billy Wiles didn't have any time to throw all day. Uh, you couldn't get any anything going on the ground. And it was just kind of domination up front uh, from Tulane, especially when you're talking about, yeah, that Tulane front against that USM offensive line, which we talked about was a big matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming into the week after they had really shut down that Ole Miss running game a, a week ago. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just the continued struggles of the offense. And that's kind of been uh, the story of the whole era is the offensive struggles. Um, so, I mean, you kind of look at, you know, I, I kind of said on, on Twitter yesterday, like the thing that bothers me most about this program right now is – like you look at Will Hall, who's supposed to be like the offensive guru. We put up, you know, good numbers at Tulane and at his previous stops at West Georgia and West Alabama. But like his all his two offenses before this were weren't good. And his offense this year hasn't gone off to a good start. So he hasn't is yet to put up a good offense in his first three years. 
So like really the only reason, or it's kind of like the opposite of, um, you know, like the, the Saints uh, from like 2014 or 2016 where they were kind of mediocre, but the head coach's side of the ball was really good, the offense. Mm-hmm. And like the only reason that, you know, the program's had any, any success, you know, winning any games at all really these first three seasons is because of defense and special teams. So that's what's got, uh, I think, me and a lot of other people frustrated is just the lack of really doing anything on offense at all through the first, you know, two and a third uh, seasons in the Hall era. Uh, when he's supposed to be, you know, the offensive guru. And, uh, you know, he's had, you know, several recruiting classes to try to get this sorted out with the offensive line play and with quarterback play. Uh, and he's yet to, you know, do that. And I, I think yeah. really what bothers me isn't necessarily losing is just the continued offensive struggles where if, like, let's say you lost, you know, you lose by 18 yesterday, but it's 21-3. to three. Well, let's say instead of 21-3, to three, you lose, you still lose by 18, but it's like, 59 to 41. Well, at least then, you know, the head coach's side of the ball did really well. It's just, you know what, it's the defense right. and, you know, what can you do about that? Um, so, yeah, it's the um, offense, the uh, Southern Miss offense in the Hall era, I think, is the thing that has everybody uh, a little puzzled and very frustrated. So, yeah, and, and I think, I think there's good reason for that. I think, you know, after the Florida State game, we tried to be, and, and I do want to preface this by by saying I don't think it's time to panic yet. I don't think it's time to hit the red button on Will Hall. Um, I, I I think the concerns are legitimate, uh, but you know there there still is obviously a lot of season left. You haven't even started conference play, so I don't I don't think it's that time yet. Um, but to your point about, I mean the the theme of Will Hall's teams. Um, you know, the first two years and and through three games now, like you said, it's been defense and special teams, but the reason you won games at all, um, but when there has been any sort of offensive success, it was gimmicky offensive success. It wasn't sustainable. It was the super back, the wildcat. And, you know, the one, the one, I guess, play maybe drive, um, or at least one of the few yesterday, Saturday that, should have been a touchdown was this super back play where Frank Gore Jr. kind of faked the run up the middle and um, yeah, threw it to Justin Reed, the tight end kind of swing out of uh, his blocking position. It, you know, it was an easy touchdown, missed the pass, whatever. I don't know if that would have really touched the game, uh, changed the game, but it, it kind of got me thinking about the offensive, the very small offensive success that Will Hall has had. And I think you especially look at the second half of last year, and it wasn't, for lack of a better term, real offense. He hasn't done it with a well, he hasn't done it with quality quarterback play, quality offensive line play. And I think part of the frustrating thing too, seeing that that kind of performance is coming into the season. I think a lot of us on paper were looking at it and saying, okay, this this should be the year on paper. This should be the year with the weapons you have at the skill positions with improved, hopefully improved quarterback play, which I do think, I do think that is the case. I don't, I don't think Billy Wiles was the problem. Um, You know, this, this should be the year where we actually see Will Hall's offense. And that's what Will Hall said before the season too. I think as, as part of this, he, you know, he, I, I don't know if it's misreading that his staff mess misread what they had uh, coming into the year or just it's just a lack of execution. I don't know what it is, 
but I think that's the frustration for a lot of people is you're in year three. And this is just kind of saying what you just said. Uh, you're in year three of, you know, the staff that you hire to be an offensive staff and you score three points against group of five competition. It's just, I mean, it's, it's just not good enough. Um, and I think probably the biggest piece is the offensive line. Um, and, you know, watching the – maybe this is a bad comparison. I don't know. But watching the Colorado-Colorado State game, they were talking about how Colorado State, in the first year of that staff, um, they have 12 new offensive linemen. And hearing stuff like that, and you obviously Colorado, however, 70, 80 new players, uh, what G.J. Kenny has done at Texas State, you know, that's, that's kind of this, the new formula. Just the game is a little different now. And so I think I think some people are maybe asking the question, can you build it back the right way, like Will Hall has been trying to do uh, at this level and with the current landscape of college football? Um, I, you know, I think probably just another existential crisis like we had last week, but you start asking a lot of these questions, kind of bigger picture stuff. Can you build it back like you used to? Uh, because that is what Will Hall has done. You know, we said – when he was hired, he checked all of the boxes. It seems like he has done it the right way, but the product's not on the field. And so uh, something something has gone awry and something needs to change. Yeah, and I think, you know, you talk about like building it back the right way, and that's kind of like a, almost like a proxy for saying like, oh, you know, we're going to load up on high school recruits or whatever. Right, but like, right. It's not like he hasn't tried to get in the portal. I mean, he's hit the portal, especially that's on true. defense. You, you've hit a, a lot of guys in the portal. But, yeah, I mean, offensive line, you – you just haven't been able to hit there at that, at that position, um, you know, the last several years, really, for the most part. I mean, maybe, you know, I guess someone that you brought in, like someone like a Bryce Ramsey that's done pretty well. Um, but, yeah, and I think you t- you're talking about the offense. Like, we talked about, like, checking all the boxes and everything with the Hall and the offense. Like, he's done, like, everything else with the program, like, his defense isn't, has been good, special teams has been yeah. good. You yeah. know, he's done well in the Hattiesburg community in terms of just, you know, reaching out to people. His players, you know, or you know, the GPA, high GPA ever, and some of the other stuff like the walk-on program has, you know, been the best. Is it and you know, kind of how he's laid that out. But like he's done everything well except put a good offense on the field, and that's that's kind of what he was hired for, pretty much. Yes, right, right, and because he, you know, because he hasn't put a good offense on the field in the first, I guess, you know, however many twenty-eight games or or whatever it's been, um, you know, the win-loss column hasn't been really pretty. So he's got to figure this out. And is, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's just the offensive line. You know, we'll see what, you know, if you get, let's say you get better pass protection when you start facing weaker fronts in the Sun Belt, maybe that'll help quarterback play. And then, but you mean also it's like play calling. People have thrown out, well, this Hall need to give up play calling. And I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of thing. It, it that seems like something that would be a last resort. Like if they were basically saying, "All right, you're either going to give up play calling or like we're going to get rid of you," which I don't think would would happen. But I think that's something that he would really want to try to hold on to. And uh, you know, you talk about like the offensive success, but I mean, you did. I mean, really, those last two games last year against ULM and Rice. I mean, the offense looked pretty good, and I felt like the offense was simpler in those last two games with Trey Lowe quarterback. Where it almost looks like they're trying to do like too much on offense um right now i mean he kind of talks about like the nfl offense and you know we're gonna have these super complicated dropbacks and everything well i mean but you I mean you kind of look at some of these other like simpler offenses like tennessee like why don't we just you know run this you know I mean, it's kind of mickey mouse but you know you look at these other offenses like with tennessee and you know like what baylor used to do i mean that's 
You know, I, I don't know. I mean, that that seems to put up point, points more, um, you know, efficiently or more more points just overall. More than, than three, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know nearly enough to, <laughs> to really make a comment on that. I mean, um, but it just it seems like they're trying to do too much uh, on offense, and you know, maybe I mean, it felt like they simplified it later in the year, and then really going back to twenty twenty one as well, where like Hall realized, you know, we can't get it done with a normal. Uh, offense, we're going to go to the super back, so that's our best way to score. Last year, they maybe kind of simplified it toward the end of the year. Offense looked better in those Yellowman Rice games, so he, it seems to kind of figure it out by the end of the year. But like earlier in there, he, he just seems like it's a little, a little just too complicated. I, I don't know. No. Yeah, I, I am, um, I'm not educated enough or experienced enough, uh, to really diagnose what is the issue, um, other than just you know, big picture stuff, offensive line needs to be better, but it, I, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it, it just, it's pretty plain and simple. It just needs to be better. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, within the context of Tulane being a good defense, but you know, you rush at 30, 30 times for 36 yards, 1.2 yards per rush, um, you know, 56% completion percentage through the year. And, yeah, and I think it was – I mean, in terms of play calling, just a little confusing on some of the stuff you ran, especially late in the game. Um, there was hardly any any stuff over the middle or deep. Um, you know, you're running it up the middle, which, you you, you know, we're not able to do all day long. On, you know, sec- I think it was second 20, ran it up the middle with Frank Gore Jr. to get stuffed with four minutes to go. Um, and, you know, you're down 18. So it just – I don't know. Uh, and, again – yeah, I mean, kind of like you said, I, I don't think either of neither of us are football experts, and we can't. We're not really in the place to to speak on the X's and O's, but I think anyone can see that a it should be better. With I think with what you have in terms of talent, um, better an offensive line. I mean, I don't know. They just the way that it was talked up before the season, it sounded like it was going to improve. You know, plus some of your these younger guys like Kyron Barnes, who are really highly thought of coming into the season, and then what you have skill position wise, um, it should be better. And then number two, um, it has to be better if you're going to compete at the level that Will Hall and everyone else wants to compete at. You're you have to be a, a lot, a lot, a lot better. Um, because you're going to see you're going to see other good defenses in the Sun Belt if you want to compete for the division, like you said, like Coach Hall said. You know, there's still a goal. Obviously, that's still in front of you, but you're going to have to beat South Alabama, Troy. Uh, I mean, those are good defensive fronts too. Um, you know, if if they're worse than Tulane, not by a whole lot. So it, it's just this the standard is is not being met and this you know we're not saying anything that nobody that anybody that people don't already know but i i think i think that's just where the frustration comes from is is that was what was promised and that is really what should be the case but it's just not being met another thing that i would kind of like to see him do is like he he seems to and i've seen a lot of people talk about like oh you know will hall he's kind of a used car salesman or, or whatever but like uh, I kind of almost wish he would like tone down the talk a little bit because I feel like he's kind of sold the fans at times and got the fans' hopes 
too much where he's talking about like, you know, so-and-so they're going to be an NFL player and -and so-and-so we're going to have, you know, first year to run the offense. And so when he like says these things, it kind of gets everybody's hopes up. And then when these things don't happen, it kind of gets everybody, you know, deflated. So, I mean, I I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why he likes talking, you know, the big game. I mean, he's not in a position where he's going to be, you know, fired. So I don't know, you know, why, I mean, he didn't, he didn't have to kind of defend or, you know, defend the product or build yeah. things up to where, you know, you have these unrealistic expectations for the fans. So that, that, that's just one thing. But another thing that's got people frustrated it is just, you know, you kind of look, you know, an hour and 30 minutes uh, down the highway, you look at South Alabama, who's also, oh, yeah. in year, yeah. you know, in year three of their program uh, with with Womack, and they just go on the road and, and beat an Oklahoma State team about 26. Um, so then, yeah, I mean, you kind of get, you know, the word we've been using, existential crisis, and then you kind of have people looking at, that score with, you know, South Alabama, who, I mean, has passed you up the last several years on the field and then are, you know, are on in the head-to-head on the field. And then you just look, they won nine games a year ago. USM only won seven. They just went on the road to beat a power conference team, which USM hasn't done seven years. Um, so then you get to that existential crisis where, well, can it still be done here? And I, I think it can, but, yeah, you know, you, you kind of look around and you talk about Will Hall checking all the boxes that need that tend to work at Southern Miss, and uh, you know you've hired all kind of different coaches. Your offensive minded, your defensive minded, your local, your non-local. None of really. I mean, you had Munkins one good year, but no consistent success since then. Um, and, and you know, you kind of look at you know South Alabama, Troy that have had you know a good bit more success in the last several seasons, and and I think that you know that gets people frustrated. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the attendance yesterday. What twenty five? Yeah, just over twenty five thousand. Um, we're certainly not twenty five thousand people in the stands. And I, you know, I think I'm to the point where I don't really blame people because it's not an enjoyable product. Um, I mean, you said you know you would you would have felt better about the game, you know, losing in a high scoring game. I think, I think you would you would just have a, it's just a better product entertainment wise, which you have to, I mean, you have to think about in terms of filling the stands, uh, you know, people aren't, people don't want to come watch an offense score three points and at times struggle against Alcorn state to run the football. And, you know, for that to be the case, what feels like, I mean, especially since Munkin, but, you know, really for the large part of the last 12 years, you just haven't had an enjoyable product on the football field. Um, so people are not going to come watch that. I mean, you were, you got into the red zone once one red zone trip. And was that, was that the missed field goal? Did you miss, did we miss the field goal when we no, got that was, it was, it was 14, nothing. They kicked it 14 to three. They got a first and goal on that big pass play inside the 10 and they had the fall start and they weren't able to score from there. So yeah, that, Made a fourteen to three, and that was the made field goal. Okay, so you, yes. yeah, so you converted, but it was a field goal, and then you had the missed field goal. On the other chance, when you were, that was the second closest you were, I guess, the closest you were outside of the red zone. Um, but I, I just, I think a lot of people don't have confidence in, you know, when you make all those big promises and it just is not getting any better. People are not going to believe in the product much less come watch the product and you know spend 50 bucks to to come watch it um you know some other offensive stats to just reflect that five for 16 on third down and then you have you have other small things that are just frustrating like when Tulane I think this was in the second half Tulane was 
Um, it was, you know, they were in, they were in the red zone, I think within the 10 yard line. And, uh, I think Lakevious Daniels went down and he, he tweeted something was carried off the field. So injury timeout, you come out with 10 players on the field and, you know, you get a penalty flag. And then on, uh, the punt Tulane punted you or Southern Miss punted it. And you had 10 players on the field and coverage and thankfully it gets, called back because of a hold and just I mean just little things like that it just adds up um because the more you struggle the closer the magnifying glass is going to get on all those little small things that are going to seem bigger and bigger and the frustration just grows and grows and so I I mean I you know I I think we we tried to kind of measure it a little bit and I and I and I still again it's not panic time quite yet but I, I think the concern uh, is is very legitimate, and I guess maybe we can leave it at that because I feel like we're kind of beating the horse a little bit, and it's it's slowly dying. But anything else uh, we should add there, Patrick, before before we can mercifully move on? Uh, I think that's it. I guess just talking about like Tulane in general. I mean, you kind of let me look Tulane. We kind of talked about that as a measuring stick, and yeah. you know maybe 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 it was too you know uh, too hard of a measuring stick because you look at they beat South Alabama by twenty, and South Alabama looks like they're going to maybe win the Sun Belt. But, I mean, still, Paul talks about, you know, being the best group of five team yes. in America. You're playing the team that was the best group of five team in America this year, could be the best group of five team again this year, and you were, you know, not really close at all. I mean, it was 21-3, to but that was with their backup, which I don't even think we really even mentioned that, that yep. Michael Pratt – I mean, obviously people know at this point. But, I mean, if Michael Pratt played, I mean, that could have been – it could have been like 38-3. to And, honestly, Tulane, they – honestly, but the, but the second half, they called it pretty conservatively because they knew that – USM, I mean, they could have played, you know, 20 quarters and USM probably wasn't going to score much more than three. Yeah. Um, so it was 21 to three, but it really wasn't that close. So um, got a long way to go uh, to being the best group of five team. And uh, so that's kind of the um, closing thought on uh, on Tulane. Yeah, I guess I just to, to add to that really quick. I mean, I, I think I think just the to zoom out and not leave behind the context of Tulane being a good team, but I, I think, I think still within that, like you, when Hall was hired, he was making these promises that you were going to be, we were going to be the best group of five program, you know, get us back to that point uh, in the country. And, you know, you kind of, you know, have a time machine. You can go to Saturday, you see an empty stadium and you're getting whipped by a good group of five program. I don't think anybody would have been happy with that. And I don't think Will Hall is happy with that. Um, you know, he, he said it was a disappointing performance, um, but you know now's the time that something needs to change. They they have to turn a corner, and they'll have an opportunity to do that um, against Arkansas State. And it kind of every game obviously gets magnified, and the pressure gets more intense with every disappointing performance that you have. Um, I mean, if you go out and and have anything remotely close to the performance you had offensively, especially um, like, like you did against Tulane this weekend, um, I mean, it's 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 going to really really start heating up. Yeah, so I mean, this is a, this is a I mean, I would say a must win game. I mean, I think if you lose this game against Arkansas State, so Arkansas State, they're one and two. Uh, this is their uh, Sun Belt opener as well. You know, we kind of talked about them last week. Uh, having lost to Oklahoma 73 nothing, then they lost to Memphis 37-3. And, you know, Memphis just struggled to beat, you know, a Navy team that isn't that great. 
um, this last uh, on Thursday. Uh, but they do beat Stony Brook 31 to 7, which isn't a great FCS team. Stony Brook, they've been okay at times, but this isn't one of the, you know, they haven't been good the last several years. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, they're 125 at SP Plus. USM opens up as a six point favorite. Uh, and so this is, again, again, this is one of the weaker teams. I mean, this could be the weak. I mean, on paper right now, it's either them or ULM is, you know, kind of the uh, the weakest team in the Sun Belt. But, yeah, see, I mean, you look at Arkansas State, so they they they, uh, they started Jackson Daly. They started JT Shrout, uh, I think, the first two games. Um, and then they go to they go to Daly. I mean, Daly was 7 of 17 against Stony Brook. Uh, no touchdowns, no picks. And they turned it over to Jalen Rayner. He threw a touchdown, 4 of 6, 78 yards. But, I mean, look, in this game against Stony Brook, they, I mean, they were below 50% pa- uh uh, completions uh, and only through 140 yards. They they've got almost everything through the run game. They ran for 345 yards on 46 carries, is seven and a half yards per pop. So I mean, they do not have a great passing offense. Uh, they really, I mean, they're still trying to find something quarterback. They played three different guys at quarterback now. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, they don't they don't have a whole lot of strengths. I mean, you kind of look at their sub 120 in both offensive and defensive SME plus. I mean, I mean, part of that is, you know, they played Oklahoma, which is a really good offense, and they played Memphis, which is a, a pretty good offense. And we're just kind of looking at, at defensively. But, uh, yeah, Courtney Jackson, uh, just nervous receivers, uh, seven receptions, 105 yards on the year. Corey Rucker, who was a guy who had transferred out, then he transferred back. He was at uh, – last year he was at um, – I can find it. He was in South Carolina last year, didn't play a whole lot. He was at – so he was at Arkansas State 2021. Went to South Carolina in 2022, came back to Arkansas State in 2023. Uh, so he's one of their top receivers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of look at them. This is, again, a, just a game you, you should win. I mean, you're talking about a team that's probably only going to win, you know, three or four games, if that, in the league. Um, you know, they only have, you know, six – I mean, they've only had six sacks on the year uh, through the first uh, three games. So not a super great front. Uh, and I think the thing that just jumps out to me with Arkansas State is just the inability uh, to pass the football. Haven't been able to find a consistent starter yet. Um, and I think that would kind of be the one thing that could, you know, give this team trouble. Just talk about the inexperienced secondary. The the, uh, the front defensive front still looks pretty good. Uh, I mean, at times they give up some big, ga- big gains against Tulane. Um, but, yeah, I mean, haven't done – I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a little unprepared for uh, Arkansas State just because uh, – I should have looked at them more this afternoon. But, again, six-point favorite, a team that's one and two. Their only win is against an FCS opponent. A game you should win. A game you should win handily, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned six-point favorites. But even that, I think, is an indication that, you know, things uh, you, you need to improve pretty quickly. Um, Patrick, ideal result. What what What, what kind of result – what kind of game would start to kind of maybe lessen some of these concerns for you as we get into conference play? Yeah, I mean, a game where the game where the offense looks competent. I mean, I'm not even asking for like a. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even asking for like a 60 point, you know, blowout. I mean, I, but I think when you're playing a team like this, this you know, bottom of the barrel and at you know most you know metrics, and you talk about the the I know it was Oklahoma, but they get 73 at Oklahoma and 37. Uh, to a Memphis team that, I mean, they gave up more points um, to Memphis than Navy allowed. And Navy's um, not supposed to be a great team this year. Because I think if you go up there and, let's say you score 35, 
you, you win like 35-14. The offensive line looks good. You're giving, um, you know, Wiles a lot of time to throw the football. You, you spread the ball around and get a lot of playmakers involved. Um, I think that would ease concerns yeah. uh, a little bit. Just, I mean, that, I mean, I feel like that'd be a pretty baseline level of uh, meeting expectations, scoring 35 against, you know, what might be the worst team in the conference. So something like a 35-14 win where you easily cover, you're in control for – you know, pretty much all of the game, and the offense is just able to move the ball and it looks a little less hard, uh, mm-hmm. I think would be my hope. So, Yeah, and and the um, yeah the line of six, in terms of covering that, that uh, that in and of itself would not be a win. So I'll set the, the buzzardry line at uh, minus 15. I think if you beat that, then you feel a little bit better uh, moving into yeah. conference play. Because, again, Tulane – a good team, like you said, might not have been the best measuring stick uh, because obviously you're just you're just not up to that standard yet. So uh, we'll we'll set that at minus fifteen and reassess after next week. Uh, must win game, absolutely, hundred percent. If you lose this game, that's uh, yeah, Pitch, you're you're in the pitchforks danger are going to be out. Pitch, pitchforks are going to be out and sharpened. People are going to start lining up to the fire hall train station um, <laughs> and start buying tickets. And, and I, you know, I, I think even then it, it might be a little early, um, but then it, yeah, it's, it's going to really start cooking uh, at that point. So hopefully we won't, we won't have to have that conversation. All right, Patrick, you want to take us around the Sun Belt? Um, yeah. So uh, Georgia Southern goes to Wisconsin. It was pretty close for about a half. Wisconsin ended up pulling away late 35, 14. They win that. Uh, Old Dominion blew a 24 to 7 lead, I believe it was, at home against, yeah, 24 uh, 7. They got a pick six there in the third quarter um, to go up 24 7. The Wake scores 20 unanswered, loses, and Old Dominion loses 27 24. That's a tough loss. That would have been a nice win for the league. Uh, at beat CCU 43 28. That's a good sunbelt over AAC win. App goes to 2 and 1 with that win in Boone. Uh, ULM loses big in uh, College Station 47 3 at AM. Uh, Georgia State beat Charlotte. That's another uh, Sunbelt AAC win. Actually, Sunbelt went three and one against the AAC this weekend. We won't talk about. Uh, we won't, we don't need to mention the team that did not uh, hold up their end of the bargain there. But uh, <laughs> a good week for good week for the Sunbelt against the AAC. But yeah, Georgia State wins that forty one twenty five. And then you know the win of the week uh, uh, for the Sunbelt. South Alabama going to Oklahoma State, winning thirty three seven. We you know we kind of talked about that as it uh, pro, or as as it relates to USM and how the USM program is building. But, yeah, 33-7 win and really never um, in danger there for South. I mean, they kind of dominated there from the jump. Um, so, yeah, really great win for them in the conference. Uh, ULL goes to UAB, wins 41-21. That's another Sunbelt AEC win. Uh, so that was a bounce back for ULL after they lost to Old Dominion to open up league play. Uh, Coastal beats Duquesne 66-7. Our Arkansas State talk about them, 31-7 over Sony Brook. Um, GMU beat Troy 16 to 14. That was kind of a slog, uh, but, uh, GMU was able to win that 16, 14. So it might be, you know, two years in a row where GMU had, wins the East, but they aren't allowed to compete, uh, because of that transitionary period coming up from FCS. Uh, and then the final game of the day, Texas State beat Jackson State 77 to 34. Uh, so, uh, almost kind of like a basketball score there in, uh, in San Marcos. Uh, but the, yeah, they do beat Jackson State there 77, uh, 34. And then heading into uh, this upcoming week, well, we have our first, uh, I guess, league game on Thursday. I mean, I guess you had a non-conference game that first week between Georgia State and Rhode Island on a Thursday. But uh, first, uh, fun belt Thursday night action of the year. Georgia State goes to Coastal, 6.30 Thursday on ESPN. 
Uh, then getting into Saturday, uh, Troy hosts WKU. That's a big game for the league. Western Kentucky, pretty good team. Uh, Austin Reed, their quarterback, they're going to be good again. Uh, and then Marshall, Marshall hosts Virginia Tech. That's a big game for the league. We're, I mean, hosting a power conference team, a very, you know, gettable power conference team. I mean, Marshall's a seven and a half point favorite. So I think Marshall has a pretty good chance to, you know, get the fourth win of the year, or fourth power conference win of the year uh, for the Sun Belt in that one at home against Virginia Tech. Um, Georgia Southern goes to Ball State. Uh, Old Dominion hosts Texas NM Commerce, which is a transitioning FCS team up from Division II. They're in the Southland now. Uh, South Al hosts Central Michigan. Uh, App State goes to Wyoming, which that's a pretty big game. You know, Wyoming 2-1 on the year, beat Texas Tech uh, to open the season. Then, you know, hung really well with Texas. It was 10-10 heading into the fourth quarter. Texas ended up winning 31-10. But it uh, looks like a pretty good Wyoming team. So that's a big game against, uh, you know, one of the better teams in the Mount West for, for App State. Uh, Texas State hosts Nevada. Nevada's 0-3. Uh, they just lost to, uh, to Kansas yesterday. I think last week they lost to Idaho. So Nevada, not really great. So that should be a game Texas State wins. Uh, ULL hosting uh, Buffalo. Buffalo 0-3, and they have an FCS loss. So I would expect ULL to win that. Uh, and then Jamie goes to Utah State. Jamie looking to go to 4-0. and uh, So that is, uh, that is week four in the Sun Belt. Good stuff. Yeah, nothing, nothing to add there, um, Patrick. You'll be in Jonesboro, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think you got the same question. I saw saw our man Fitz walking out of the stadium, and he uh, he had a podcast question. He said, "Does Patrick McGee is Patrick McGee regretting committing to go to all twelve games?" this year at all has that changed bad are you still uh well i mean at this point even if the t- at this point if the team isn't good and i got all 12 games i could just make it like a bit like yeah i'm you know let's say the team <laughs> the worst case scenario team goes like three and nine but it's like yeah i went to all 12 games the year we went three and nine or something yeah. but uh no not not regretting it uh i already have the tickets uh paid for and uh they're sitting over there actually um so um not regretting it, but uh, it would have been uh, it would have been a little better if the team has looked a, would have looked a little better these last uh, couple weeks. But um, no, not not regretting not regretting it yet. Now, if uh, you know you you, you go on App State and you're two and five or so, then mm. maybe so. That's that's pretty expensive trip uh, going out there. But um, not yet. So, uh, but okay. get back get back in a month. Maybe maybe I'll hopefully yeah. not change my hopefully not change my answer. But I <laughs> so. sure hope not. But yeah, we'll uh, yeah. maybe. Well, hopefully we won't. We even have to to check in on that. But uh, glad you're yeah. not regretting it yet. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Anything else we need uh, to cover this week? A little, little short, maybe a little sour, but yeah. you know, I think that's reflective of how this weekend went. But hopefully, hopefully it'll be a little happier. It would be nice to have a two or three touchdown one to talk about next week. But uh, yeah, anything else this week, Pat? I think that's it. Uh, fall baseball starts uh, yeah. or started this last week. So we'll yeah. talk about that at some point this fall, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if we can get some reports and uh, yeah, if you're able to make one of those scrimmages. But um, yep, for now it is uh, it's all pigskin, and hopefully, like I said, we'll be a little happier next week. That is Patrick McGee. My name is Ben Mile. This has been another episode of Buzzardry. We hope to have you back with us next week. This has been Buzzard Dream. Thanks for listening, and be sure to share and leave a review. 
You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzard Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.